can't believe this. We are at episode 10 of the Pitch Podcast. Adelaide United family, hello, Jared here. And uh, mixed results over the weekend. We had a doubleheader at Cooper Stadium. Our Liberty A-League women had a fantastic result against Newcastle. And uh, then... The Isuzu Ute A-League men, we went down to Sydney FC, let's not talk about it because um, we should probably start the podcast on a really positive note and say welcome back, Nathan Constantopoulos, that is fantastic news that you have made your recovery and you are ready to play, mate, so we'll see what happens this weekend with the squad selection and everything, but we are stoked. I'm equally stoked to talk to someone whose mother I'm in love with. Um, which makes it really awkward to start off with. Um, we are glad <laughs> our former skipper is back. I was really upset this time last year when we said goodbye to our guest on episode 10 of the Pitch Podcast, Dylan Holmes. Welcome home. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Hey, it's, um, it's really good to have you sitting here because there was a time almost 12 months ago that I didn't think we would have the opportunity to speak with you. So we'll get through all of this stuff. Um, the weekend was amazing. It was really, really good. Uh, I asked for six points on my birthday. We got three, but that was a really dominant performance against the Jets where I feel we could have won by a lot more. Like, I think if, if we didn't win that game, that would have been really deflating. For you, talk us through the match. Yeah, I have such an important three points. I think, you know, maybe in previous seasons, those are the games where – you know, if we didn't put away our chances at the start, it, it gets tougher and, and, you know, maybe it's a draw or maybe they sneak a goal and we lose. But this year, like, we have, I think we're pretty resilient and we've experienced enough this year where, you know, we've been down in games or we've been up and we've conceded or we've had difficult moments. But, um, yeah, we're just grinding out results at the moment and, and Friday was a really good performance from everyone. The mentality which I have heard Adrian speak about before, um, I really like, and I reckon I'm really guilty of doing this. Um, and that's probably a near enough is good enough mentality that I think as, uh, uh, an A-League women's side over the past few seasons, we probably could have said we've almost had it to go, nah, we're, we're close enough. We got there, but we really are showing an attacking brand of football to mix it with the best sides in the competition and to show that we are one of the best sides in the competition. Is that a bit of a shift in mentality for you as players too to accept um, nothing apart from an A-grade standard? Yeah, and I think, you know, unfortunately building that mentality takes time. Um, so I think last year we were really close and I think we were we made some really good steps forward in that regard where we were going into games thinking we could win and, um, and believing like we should win. And unfortunately there were some results that, you know, we couldn't, we just couldn't see out or, you know, we'd fall at the last minute or whereas this year, I think we have that mentality and we also have a bit more ruthlessness about us, which, you know, maybe if we had had that a bit more last year, we may have snuck into finals. I don't know. But um, this year it's, we're really starting to gel as a group. And I think that mentality, you know, over the last three years has developed to, to get to this point. So it's really exciting. I was really nervous. And I've said this to all of the A-League women's players that we've had on the podcast um, at the start of the year, because we lost so many players and we didn't just lose players. We lost really quality players, which is always going to happen in a league like the A-League women or A-League men's competition. But the people who have replaced those players have really been good. I think like Kayla's really finding her straps at the moment, but also players that have been around in the NPL 
or just at Adelaide United, have really had a great start to the year. So we've spoken to um, the potato farmer in Fiona Wirtz, mm-hmm. who's been brilliant. Like, she's yeah. awesome. And Chelsea just chills out, hangs around, and then just scores goals for fun. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of those examples of players that are having really good years and building a good season. And I, I feel like it's we needed to lose some quality players to encourage the other ones to stand up and make their mark. Would that be accurate in saying that? Yeah, I mean, I think right now everybody's playing really well um, and, and girls are, are really stepping up and, and building on what they've done in the last couple of years. I think, um, you know, you've talked about Fiona and Chelsea and, you know, I could name so many others as well that I've seen a really great improvement from. Um, so, yeah, you know, maybe it took losing a big part of our squad for, for people to feel like they can step up and fill the voids or um but I think that's also a really great thing for the future that this team you know can lose quality players but um we have people that are able to to step up and and stand up when it counts and Nano's been amazing like she's just she's she's unreal like it's so funny because I've been for the past couple of years working at the Football South Australia celebration of football and Nanako's always there in the team of the year Mm -hmm. and stuff but to see her make that transition and perform so consistently, like Riona coming off the bench, like these are these are players which who have been around South Australian football for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, and they're getting an opportunity that they've deserved. But they're also really stamping their authority on the A League women. Yeah, I'm so happy for Nano. Um, I've played with her four years at Adelaide City in the midfield, and it's honestly playing with her is a dream. Like she's just technically so good. She's smart. She works hard. She just makes things look so easy. Like I'm actually fairly jealous that like <laughs> of the way she plays. Like she's just so silky. And then you throw in Emily Condon as well, and it's just such a I think a really good mix with the three of us in terms of our skill sets and what we offer. And and I just think it gives a really good balance to our midfield um, because I think we can kind of do the things that we're good at, and and it works. Um, so yeah, with Nano, I'm I'm so stoked that she's in the team and. When I found out, I was like, okay, I really want to get home so I can play with with Nano in the midfield. We need to give a shout-out to Annie, too, because we celebrated the fact that she had her first clean sheet, but then we're now three uh, on the trot, which is – which is awesome. Like she's worked really hard for that. And these are the kind of rewards that you get when you're working so hard in your role. And nobody ever speaks about the goalkeepers. Like we had Joe Gauchi on last week, which was great. He was yeah. awesome. But no one speaks about the goalkeeper. She's been brilliant. I know. And Annie is actually living with my family for the second season. So I've gotten to know her really well and, and like see firsthand how hard she works. Are you living works. with your family? I am. Yeah. Okay. Cause that'd be weird yeah, if you weren't no. and like Annie was. Yeah. Okay. Although I think Annie is like the new favorite child in my house like it's yeah she's my parents love her but. well i didn't really put in context why i'm in love with your mum which was yeah, really I, weird it was hey. really weird yeah so there's something i need to tell you no so <laughs> your mum right at every I'm really nervous <laughs> at every uh a league women's match your mum comes up to me right oh, goodness. she's like all i wanted to do was say thank you for being here and she's to me Okay. And I'm, I, you don't need to thank me. I want to be here. But she's like, no, I'm so passionate about, like, obviously Dylan, but you weren't there at the time. And she's like, I'm so passionate about this club and women's sport. And I love that the club is so involved in promoting it. Your mum is just, like, so passionate and so proud. And you're rolling your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what? She is, like, the ultimate soccer mom I think. Um, it's I, so genuine, though. No, she loves it. And I think me being away this year was – 
I think, hard um, for her. And I think that's why it was so great. Annie was back before I was, so she kind of had a bit of a window into the soccer life again. Um, but, no, she's the best. She's so supportive, and, you know, I do roll my eyes, but I do love her, and um, she does a lot for me. So. Okay. Well, I want to talk about your, your upbringing soon, mm-hmm. but – I guess there's a couple of ways I can ask this question. So I'm just going to be really blunt because that's what I do. Why are you back here? Yeah, that's a good (laughs) question. Um, You know, originally when I was looking to go overseas, I wanted to go to a league that kind of aligned with the W League or the A-League Woman. And Sweden, the offer I got, the, the timing was good and I felt like, you know, it was a possibility to come back at the end and I wasn't going to like commit to anything at that point. But um, it was reassuring for me to know that once that season was done and my contract was up, the option of coming home was a possibility depending on how I felt and what I needed. And and the timing of it, I felt like I needed to be home and, and be, you know, playing with my friends and playing in a familiar environment and, and just spending time with my family and friends and back in Australia. So um, I think there are a few reasons that went into it. And, um, you know, now I can kind of look back and say that I think I made the right choice coming home. Okay, so you're the most recent example of an Adelaide United player who has left the club and come back and had experience overseas. Mm-hmm. But you're one of many people around the world that, that this happens to. What don't we see and what don't we know about it? Because I think... Um, we've had these conversations with the um, the women who have been on the podcast about the discrepancies with finances and cost of living and all this other stuff, right? So the men have it completely different. So what what challenges, if you're comfortable talking about, did you face going over to a foreign country, a foreign team, not really knowing anybody, but also trying to balance the most exciting time of your life with moving clubs, you know, um, the idea of national representation, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So what, what's going through your mind? I think, I mean, to be honest, I was really lucky to end up at the club I did. Um, Hacken is, like, probably the most professional woman set up in the Scandinavian area. Like, they're incredible. Because they just won, didn't they? Like, they were yeah, reigning so, champs. And it's interesting because the the club won it the year before, but it wasn't under the Hacken club. It was a different club. And then that club folded and Hacken took over the women's team. So they had never had a women's team in the first division before. So they really last minute took this team over through so many resources behind it. Um, we got everything the men got. I like football was my full-time job over there. Like, so in that sense, I had a great experience. Like it was really, really amazing. The players I got to play with were so talented and I learned a lot. Um, but yeah, it, it was tough at times. Like you're, on your own in a new country, you throw in COVID, um, you know, if football's going well and then it's not going well. That's another thing you have to kind of navigate on your own. And um, yeah, no, there are moments where it was really tough, but there are also moments that made it so rewarding. And like some of the best moments of my career happened while I was in Sweden. What so, were they? Talk us through them. Um, you know, making my Matilda's debut in April, that happened about a month after I moved to Sweden. Um Another one, I got to start in the Swedish Cup final, which like was pretty unexpected for me. It was only my second or third start since I was there, and we won it. Um, my Champions League debut, like I got to play a couple of games in the Champions League, which was like insane, like so cool. Um, so there are definitely, you know, there were tough moments, but there were also moments where I was kind of like, wow, like this, this is why I do what I do. Like this is 
yeah, so rewarding. So the Matildas element, let's let's talk about that because um, I, I feel like that that's with you for life now. Like you play for Australia, yeah. and it's I'm sure it would for you be a really special thing. Where's your jersey hanging? By the way, you framed it. I haven't framed it yet. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to do it or what I want to. I want to do something like cool with it, and yeah. so I don't want to just like chuck it in a frame and. You know, that's it. I want to really think about what I want to do with it. And luckily I got two away jerseys and two home jerseys. So I have a few to, you know, potentially do things with. So at what point do you sit back and have a moment to reflect on the significance of that? Or is this a post career thing? To be honest, I think I, it was hard to appreciate it in the moment. I mean, not that I didn't, but it was, it happened kind of a bit unexpectedly, I was so far away from family and friends who would normally kind of help me realize the significance of it. And then in the stadium, it was behind closed doors. Um, But I think since I've come home, it's kind of hit me like that's something I will always have forever. Like, and that's, you know, one of the biggest things I'll probably ever achieve in my life is is stepping on the field for the Matildas. So, um, yeah, I'd say in the last couple months, it's really kind of hit home, which is kind of cool because it happens you know, almost a year ago. Um, and in uh, 12 months' time, there's a World Cup mm-hmm. that's coming to Australia. Yeah. So do you feel that being back in Adelaide and having the opportunity to play more time, more football, consistent football mm-hmm. in an environment where the World Cup's going to be, that can only do good things for your chances to, to get a recall? Yeah, I think, you know, I I think playing football is the most important thing. And, and at Adelaide, I feel you know, super comfortable with the club and the team and, and Adrian and the coaching staff. So um, it was a bit of a an easy decision for me. Um, and I think I'll get a lot out of, you know, just playing games every week, getting that confidence, getting that rhythm, um, and hopefully doing everything I can to put myself in the best position moving forward with the Matilda squad. And Champions League, I think there's a – we have like a couple of different football fan bases here in South Australia and the country, I guess. There's your kind of casual observers who think that – um, football is just about the English Premier League and playing Socceroos mm-hmm. and maybe having a look at the um, the A-League men's and women's competition. But then we don't understand the significance of things like Champions League, which is unreal. Like, So what can you talk us through these, these little moments that you got to have when you're on the world's biggest stage, basically? Yeah, I've, Champions League, like, you know, I've grown up watching probably more so the men's Champions League, but... I think now this was the first season in the women's Champions League where they've had a group stage. And so each team gets six like really good quality games. You get a home and away game against each team in your group. And and in my in Hacken's group we had Benfica, Leon and Bayern Munich. So like three huge clubs. Yeah, just little, yeah, little, just little, little areas. Yeah. <laughs> country town teams, you know. But um yeah. And so there are some moments, you know, when you're walking out and you hear the Champions League anthem like that was like a whoa like a mind kind of blowing moment or when you're flying to these places on a chartered plane or when we were in Portugal we had a police escort to the stadium for the match day through Lisbon like there are just so many moments through that year where you kind of sit back and you're like wow like I'm actually doing this like I'm actually a full-time footballer like this is what you kind of imagine it to be like um so yeah, some really crazy experiences, but um, yeah, moments I'll hold 
close to me. And you had some snow experiences, I'm assuming. Um, I love winter, right? So I'm obsessed with winter. I hate the summer. The summer can get in the bin. I love it because, of course, the Isuzu Ute A-League men's competition and the Liberty A-League women's competition, apart from that, get stuff summer. (laughs) Um, I kind of think, though – my obsession with winter would be put off because I think snow can be inconvenient for many people. Is this correct? Yeah. I mean, luckily where I was in Sweden, it wasn't super snowy. I think I got a little bit when I first came and then the last two weeks it was pretty snowy. And then my last game was at home against Bayern and it was kind of snowing the entire time. Mm. But um, I actually have learned that I – I think I prefer playing in extreme heat than extreme cold. Really? Yeah. I, and I, that really surprised me. Um, wow. Yeah. Because in extreme cold, like, once your toes and your fingers get cold, like, you just don't feel like you can move or think. And mm. then breathing in cold air in your lungs, like, it hurts. And you're wearing, like, 20,000 layers. And I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I've got one more football question before we go um, into uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. So you obviously feel really guilty that you left us halfway through the season and we missed out on the finals by a halfway goal, Halfway right? through the season, okay. <laughs> I left with two games to go, but anyway. Hey, it doesn't matter. So um, are there any differences that you have felt coming back into the, the club environment in such a short amount of time? Yeah, I think um, – like obviously from like a team perspective, it's it's a fairly different team to last year. We have a lot of interstate girls and um, so that's changed the dynamic a little bit. Um, but in terms of the club, I think it kind of just like it felt like coming home and it was just nice and, and nice to see people that, you know, have really supported me through the last three or four years I've been at United and, and were genuinely really happy to have me back. Um, so... Yeah, I think some things have changed, but a lot of things have stayed the same, which has been really nice. Was it like, was there a moment where Izzy was like, hey, <laughs> you want this? Or, I mean, hey. <laughs> no, no, which, like, I am so happy for her. Like, I, you know, I grew up with Izzy. I, um, I've played with her for a really long time. And, and when I found out, um, it was just, it was, I felt good. Like, it was nice to see her recognized for all the work that she's done and, and she cares so much about the team and the program. So I think um, like we're good enough friends and I think we trust each other enough where I can come back and, and just be in a bit more of a supporting role than mm. last year. And I'm more than happy to do that because um, yeah, she, I have her back. So yeah, it was, I think a great appointment. It's been really good seeing uh you not just play at Cooper Stadium consistently, but winning there because um, if you know ticket sales and fans coming through the gates is anything to go by, that that creates momentum and people are coming to watch. And let's mm-hmm. like let's be honest, Friday twenty past four or whatever, it's a bit of a vomit time slot. Like yeah. you, people are still at work and stuff. So if you mm-hmm. shifted that, you know, with the standalone game and stuff, there's it's it's growing. The like the support for the Adelaide United women's team is growing continually. I'm sure you must be pretty proud of that. Yeah, and you know, watching I watched the game against Western Sydney last year where we got over five thousand fans and um you know I was sitting in my bed at like 6 a.m watching the game and I was like you know I really wish I could have been there Mm. for that but um it's been so nice to play Coopers like I've played more Coopers this year than I have in my entire life and and every time it's I still get that like special feeling that you know this is like a, a true football stadium and like um yeah it's not something we really take for granted because we don't really get the opportunity to do it um yeah, if we can continue to play well at Coopers and, and hopefully you know continue to get games there, um, I think it'll be really good. So, 
the elephant in the room is for people listening, they're like, wait, so you play for the Matildas and you grew up in Adelaide, but um, you've got a bit of a, a twang. So um, you were born in Brazil? Yes. All right. So life story, please go in a short okay. amount of time. Talk us through this, please. We've had lots of questions about this. We'll get to the social media questions a bit later, but just uh, go. Okay. So my dad, like he's retired now, but was a mining engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he worked on different copper smelters and a lot of copper smelters. What's a copper so smelter? A smelter. A copper smelter. Sounds like a footballer. Yeah. Copper like smelters playing up front today. Copper, okay. Basically. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of smelters in South America. So my parents were in Sao Paulo and um, I was happened to be born in Sao Paulo. And then... Wait, so is your dad Brazilian? No. Okay. No, he's very English. Okay. English, yeah. Uh, and my mom's American. Right. And so after that, we moved back to the States for five years and then kind of moved around a little bit as well and then ended up back in South America and Chile for a year and a half and then Peru for a year and then ended up in... Oh, a traveler. Adelaide, yeah, a bit of a traveler. <laughs> so what's, how many passports you got then? I have three. Whoa. And an expired fourth. What are they? So I have an Aussie, yeah. an American, a British, and then I have an expired Brazilian passport from when I was a baby. So you can just go live in any of those countries now if you want, apart from the expired place. Yeah. I mean, I could go back to Brazil and renew it if I really wanted to, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then you settled down in Adelaide though. Your family did eventually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We've been here 15 years now. That's amazing. Yeah. When you had the opportunity to come back to uh, Australia, did you speak to any other clubs or it was always, um, no, I'm just coming back to Adelaide? Um, There was definitely like interest from other clubs and I'm kind of, I don't like making rash decisions. So I did speak to a couple of other clubs and, and heard what they had to say. But in the end, like it was, it became pretty obvious that coming home was the right move for me. And, and yeah, I'm very happy with my decision. And um, do you get to go back to one of your four homes at all? Like ever, like travel wise, will you go back to the States? Where, where's your family all based? Um, well, my mom's side of the family is all in the US and then my dad's side is all in the UK. So we're in the US. Um, East Coast. So like Atlanta yep. and South Carolina. And then my dad's family is kind of mostly near London. Um, so Southern England. Um, but yeah, as a kid, like we'd go back pretty much every year to one of the two places to see family. But with COVID, it's been hard. Like I couldn't even go to the UK when I was in Sweden just because of quarantining and the timing of it. Um, but yeah, I haven't been back to the States in four or five years, I don't think. We're, we're kind of like on the, it feels like we're on the back end of COVID, but I mean, yeah. saying that, who knows what happens. Does that, because you are so restricted with what you can do and you are, yeah, you're in a in a foreign country, but the, the UK is so close to Sweden anyway, but mm-hmm. it makes you set like sit back and reflect on everything as well. I, I felt that like you, you become really reflective and on gratitude and being grateful for what you have because you don't know when it can be taken away at any second. Yeah. And I think also being in a place like Sweden where there weren't really many COVID restrictions, like it was interesting to live in that environment while things were very closed in Australia. Um, so in those moments, I part of me felt a little bit guilty, especially, you know, in the summer when I was, had three weeks off and was doing a little bit of traveling. Like it was fairly easy to travel in Europe at that point. Um, I mean, depending on where you go, but then kind of looking back and like my family couldn't come and visit or Mm. like friends haven't been out of South Australia in a year and a half or so it definitely was um, 
like eye opening, I guess. And yeah, it did make me reflect and, and kind of be grateful for, for where I was and what I was able to do at that point. Awesome. Um, we have a thing called social media. Um, <laughs> are you across social media? No, nah, never heard of it. What, what's your social media handles? Oh God. Well, I mean, you should probably know them. This is the, this is the toughest question we have on this podcast. I what's think your- Instagram is like Dylan underscore Holmes 22 yep. and Twitter might be Dylan Holmes 08. It's quite funny. I was at the game Maybe. on Friday and we had a giveaway for this new movie and I had to get the kids' details. I'm like, what's your number, man? He's like, I don't know. And he asked yeah. the person next to him, he's like, what's my number? And I'm thinking, <laughs> it's your number. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably know that. But this is just this kids these days. Yeah. Like, how old are you? 24. <laughs> yeah. Kids, hey? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you very much for um, sticking with us on social media, the Pitch Podcast, episode 10, Dylan Holmes. We have... 18 questions I'm really nervous. from social media. Well, I'm nervous because I haven't read these before. And okay. going on last week's effort, um, the two old mates sitting over there behind the camera, they stuff it up every time. Okay. So <laughs> we'll see how we go. I think they would have been – I reckon I scared them last week because um. they um, gave them a real rocket. <laughs> uh, okay. So at Brooke underscore Nicole on Instagram, how long are you back for? Are you going back to Sweden? I mean, that's a really negative question to start off with. But. Uh, um, to be honest, like – I don't know. Like I'm here for the rest of the the A League Women's season. I want to. I'm a little curious. Um, yeah. I'm here for the rest of A League Women's season. Um, after that, don't know. I'm kind of taking it day by day, week by week, and and just enjoying being home. So I think it would be hard to go back to Sweden just because the season starts kind of end of March. Like the timing probably wouldn't work out. But um, I'm exploring different options. I'm gonna. Follow on from Brooke underscore Nicole. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the time you had away has helped you as an individual understand that you can actually do it? Because until you do it, um, you don't know whether you're going to get homesick. You don't know whether you can fend for yourself. Yeah, it's all good to say it. But until you put in that position. So now you've done it, you mm-hmm. can go, I got this. Yeah. I'm actually capable of doing this wherever in the world I am. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm much better equipped to do it again than I was. And I know much more about um, what I want. Um, moving forward and what I'm going to look out for. But I also know a lot more about myself and what like I can handle and what I like and what I don't like. And um, yeah, I think it was really a good experience for me. Um, and I think moving forward, it will hopefully be easier every time. Did you cook for yourself? I did, but I, I'm not a good cook. What so. was your go-to meal that you cooked? Well, I was bit of context I was very lucky at the club that I was at that we actually got breakfast and lunch every day yeah I know it was pretty good so I didn't have to worry too much about that dinner I don't know mostly vegetarian stuff I Mm -hmm. don't really like cooking meat um but some stir fries like yeah nothing too did you go and try like you know if I'm in a different country I'm like I've got to go see what their packets of chips taste like and things like that yeah to be honest with Sweden it's candy like mm. Swedes love candy. And so they have like literally just shops where it's like um, pick and mix, but just walls. Of, That's cool. Yeah. So I got to try a little bit of Swedish candy um, where I was like in Gothenburg's a, like a on the coast. So it's a bit of a port and like seafood is really big, which like I'm not a huge seafood fan. So, mm. um, but yeah, I got to try a few different things and obviously Swedish meatballs. So, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Yeah. Remember him? No. I it's never watched the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he goes, 
at Liam Shannon sixty nine on Insta. Who is your dream club? My dream club. I've never thought about that. Okay, bad question, Liam. No, it's a good question. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking. I you mean, I actually, you know, having been to places like Bayern and you know Benfica and like seeing the setup that they have, like the setup at Bayern is pretty incredible. Mm. Like we got to play at the Bayern Munich campus and that's just unreal. So a place that has like a great setup like that would be like the dream. Uh, at Nicole Tilly on Insta, what's the biggest hurdle you've faced during your career? Um, I'd probably say like, so I went to college for a year and it didn't turn out great. So I came back. What college did you go to? It's a Colgate university. Like oh, the, the dental one. Like the toothpaste. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Um, what did you learn? Just how to brush your teeth. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yep. Yep. That was it. So cool. <laughs> learned all that. Came back after a year. Great. Um, but before that I was signed with United at like 17 and was in the young Matilda squad. So went to college, didn't really work out, came back and then. For the next, I think, two seasons, I wasn't signed with United. Like, I just wasn't getting selected. I was getting cut from, like, the trialing period, and that was tough. Like, that – I think at one point I kind of had almost made the decision to be like, you know what, it's not worth, like, the mental anguish of putting yourself out there and going through, you know, the process of trialing just to get rejected. So um, that was definitely the hardest thing I've had to overcome. But luckily I gave it one more go, and – and Ivan signed me his second season. And from then, I've been here ever since. You know what I love about this podcast? I say this every week, right? But I find different things I love about it. it all of the people that uh, we are lucky enough to hear from are so honest with their journey. Like you talking about that. Like, that's courageous to actually talk about it. Joe last week was talking about um, his time at Central Coast. It didn't go as planned. You know, Emma was talking about experiencing autism. Um, Fiona was like cleaning toilets and going through potatoes, not at the same time, obviously disgusting, (laughs) but I love how open our community is. So thank you very much for um, answering that with such honesty. Um, at Tonga Ewan underscore on Insta, did anyone inspire you to play football? Um, I, it's just always been a part of my life. Like the earliest memories I have are with my dad in the backyard and like, I don't think he really played much. He's not most athletic type but oh, love you um, dad yeah yeah but he probably was the one that first got me into it and and kind of gave me that like love for the game and and you know I love watching football and I love like reading about football and um so yeah that probably came from him at luca.topolnyak on insta do you think all your home games should be played at cooper's yes okay <laughs> i mean no need to hurry to yes. answer that um at 4 Line one underscore E on Insta. Who's your football idol? My football idol. Oh, I, well, I probably have a few. I think growing up, I loved Mia Hamm, who's an American. Um, she played for the U.S. national team. And when I was in the States, like, she was very big. So that was probably an early one. Um, I, there was also an American girl that played for Adelaide United when I was kind of in my early teens who, um, I kind of got to know really well, and she was like a big mentor for me. Her name's Ashley Gunning. Um, we had some good Americans play for us as well. Yeah, we, we have. had like Abby Dalkin. Yeah, won a World Cup. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, we've been pretty lucky, but yeah. So Ashley's been another one, and then you know players like Katrine Pedersen. I also got to play with, who's the most capped Danish international male and female. She played my very first year. 
And then, yeah, there's they so just many. Said one, but Dylan. Yeah, they just said I one. Yeah, I know. I can't just name one. There are a few. Okay. All right. No problems. Um, at Mary underscore Chadwick 130541 on Insta. Could be a bot. Uh, why do you hurt your face all the time? Yeah. Stop I, looking at I the questions. Love, I will I know. ask them. <laughs> I would love to know the answer to that. Honestly, I just I don't know. Like the three times this season, I've had a falcon. I've clashed heads with somebody, and then on the weekend, I don't know what hit my eye, but something hit my eye. Does it hurt when a football hits you right in the face? Yes. And is it one of those things that you're not crying, but it hits you in the nose, so you're crying? Yeah. It. Yeah. It's like yeah. you can you you can't really control it. It's just mm. like an instant reaction, and then you realize, okay, I'm actually like. I'm okay. I'm alive. Mm. Like, and then you just, you calm yourself down. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm know. scared it's... to get hit in the face. I've got a massive nose. And I've broken my nose before too. Yeah. Say, I agree. No. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I've seen it, mate. No. Everyone can see it from space. You've got a big nose. Shut up. Okay. No. no, it's a sensitive subject. Oh, thanks for bringing yeah. it up. Um, <laughs> at Fergus underscore reman on Insta is the person, is the person interviewing you a good interviewer? Before you answer that, I didn't do that. Did you do? Did you blokes do this? All right, they didn't. I'm going to look at this account afterwards. See. At und- Fergus underscore Reman. He's okay. Thank yeah. you. I've had better, but yeah. <laughs> Kidding. No, totally fine. Stop looking <laughs> my nose. Uh, at Y underscore I underscore A underscore M underscore S on Insta. At some stage, we're just going to get a at John. Um, best advice you can give, get a better Instagram name. No offense, at underscore why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, best advice I can give, I'd say um, in a footballing context, you know, have fun or do things that where you enjoy them. And because I think for me, like I love football so much and I loved it so much as a kid that I wanted to – work hard and and I wanted to get better through that enjoyment so I think um yeah and then the the moments where it was tough remembering why I play football and why I love it so much kind of helped carry me through so yeah at Isabel underscore Hodgson on Insta I heard Izzy Hodgson is the funniest player in the team is this true potentially follow-up question is Izzy Hodgson the greatest captain that the side has ever had? Oh. No, I put that in. <laughs> Yikes. At, uh, at Loon, Loon Age Wits, Lun, Lunaggy Wits. Wait, can I? S- oh, Luna. Yeah, okay. Oh, Luna. I played with Luna. Oh, Luna Gewitz. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. What do you miss about Sweden? I miss Luna. Oh, lovely. No, and I miss my teammates. And, like, right now it's kind of killing me. They're in a training camp in Marbella in Spain, uh, like a preseason training camp. And so I'm getting all the social media stuff. So, yeah. But you love being back in Adelaide. I do, but I Uh, miss my friends in Sweden. At Fiona Wirtz on Instagram, who is the best roomie you've ever had? Fiona Wirtz, by a mile. And then Georgia Campagnale, close Mm. second, but she's retired now. So, yeah, it's been taken over. I loved speaking to Fiona at the end of the match and asking if she wanted to take that oh. pen. And she's like, no, it's fine. I just do it for the team. I'm thinking, you are a liar. Yeah. <laughs> you are the biggest liar. She was dirty. And then she had to sit next to Chelsea I for know. something on camera. The poor girl. She pretended she was happy. Nah. Not happy, Fiona. Yeah, um, nah. At <laughs> Grove on Insta. I'm guessing it's Annie. Oh, no. Um, Grove. Would you rather teeth for fingers <laughs> or fingers for teeth? She literally asked me this a couple days ago. Mm. 
Teeth for fingers. Teeth for fingers. So, why? Can you imagine fingers for teeth? Fingers just coming out of your mouth? Oh, yeah. I'd much rather have teeth for But then, fingers. like, what if you're going, oh, there's a, a bowl of Macca's, thanks for sponsoring Adelaide United, um, fries, and you're like, I'm going to go pick them up, and then you've already crushed them because you're chomping them with no, your hands. No, you just, like, do a bit of a sliding motion and You can't, mate, you've got it. teeth. Yeah, but for fingers, you still have your palms. <laughs> Any, don't ask questions on this again, mate. Thank Far you. Out. Yeah, she's the worst. You a couple of clean sheets, mate. <laughs> you can ask anything. At Jess underscore 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 92 on Insta, chicken or cheese? For what? I, oh, I've never even thought about this. As a pet. As a pet? Yeah. I'm just saying. She, oh. I don't know. I, oh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I love. Oh, oh, I don't know. No, can't choose. Okay. Ugh. At lozza.g.16 on Insta, home or away jersey or third? That's a great question because we've got three rippers. I love the coral. Same. Love yeah, the coral. I'm so glad we got to play in it so many times this year. At Sophie underscore fits 08, we asked the question in um, the main part of the podcast about playing for the Matildas. Um, there's a question about are you going to stay in Adelaide or play for a local club at the end of the season? I really don't know. I Gun for hire? Yeah. No, I have no idea what I'm going to do yet. Um, thinking about all different possibilities. Um, it's definitely not off the cards, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and at Ben Axford 3-3 on Insta, toughest football you've played against? You were still looking. I know. I've, I want to think about the answers. Okay. Um, this year I played against uh, Danielle Vanderdonk, who's – a Dutch midfielder, and she plays for Leon. So I played against her um, in my Matilda's debut and then against her when we played Leon, and mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, she's such a good midfielder. She's really good. Yeah, so that's the toughest. Talk to us about country music. Yeah, I did see that tweet from George Kemp. Like okay, it. have you watched Yellowstone? No, I, I hate country music. Oh. That's like the joke. It's a so, joke? Yes. <laughs> so We had a whole playlist no, created. <laughs> do you want to know the backstory? Not really. No, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. So I had to do one of these, like, player get-to-know-you things. Yeah. One of the questions was, what's your favorite music? And I said, anything but country. That was my answer. They release it. I don't know who edited it or how it got lost in translation, but it just ended up saying country music. So since then, I So get, you actually hate it? I actually hate it, Yes. I was really excited about talking to you no, about country I, music today. I, no, I hate it. Okay, so I'm what we're so going to do sorry. with that yeah. is cut up you saying, I hate it, <laughs> and then at the end of the season, what do you like about playing for Adelaide United? <laughs> I oh, hate, I hate it. it. Yeah. It's the worst. <sighs> you know what is the worst? The fact that we're playing three games in eight days, um, which is disgusting. Yeah, so uh, there are away games too. Um, yep. Good luck. We got lots of them, and we're we're playing all sorts of random teams at random locations. It's like we're playing Perth in New Zealand and Tasmania on the Central Coast. And no, I know. I we got the schedule, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's what we used to think for. What do you think of it? Oh, I hate it. Yeah, there we go. But not far from the truth. Um, oh. but yeah, no, it'll be interesting. It'll be a tough week. Three games in eight days, all away, um, all in kind of interesting. Like, the travel isn't super straightforward. You know, Central Coast, you fly to Sydney, bus to Central Coast. Brisbane, bus back to Sydney, up to Brisbane, and then home again, and then to Wollongong, which is Sydney, and then another drive. Like, it's just not straightforward. But 
um, it's a good opportunity for us to win three games really quickly and, and cement ourselves in that yeah. top four. And I love that you said that because it's 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 these kind of challenges that really I think um, solidify a team culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's results that don't go our way, you grow together. But obviously, it's a really important weekend. Where we're sitting at the moment in third is great, and there's a bit of a divide being created with the top five teams. Yeah. Um, so this is a really important time, and the good thing is you're not going to bail on us. So That's um, right. <laughs> I mean, I will be here till the of, end <laughs> to take care of your career. Yeah, Dylan, this has been great speaking with you. Um, we were shattered to lose you last season, but it's as I said at the start, it's um, it's one of those things about football. But um, I've had the, the pleasure of speaking to you numerous times, and it's football speaks for itself. But how you carry yourself as a person um, is just exemplary. So oh, thank you very much. Thank you. We have this. Um, you need to sign this top, please. You are a credit to your stalker mum and uh, your family. Um, oh, my God. In the best way possible, all right? Okay, you sign this. And, um, Why are you helping? Well, I don't have to. No, I appreciate it. You know, that this is a much improved uh, edition from last week because we didn't have a text last week. So How did you get it? Well, GL went and got one for the... First thing he's done on this podcast, which is good. Um, You're going to be mood today. <laughs> well, you know, like country music, mate. I was going to go out on like a Keith Urban I banner. should have waited for you to like go out on your little limb with country music and then said it after you had said your little spiel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Next All right. Um, thanks for listening. Share this on your socials. We appreciate it. Good luck for your nine games in two days. And um, <laughs> we've got a couple of home games coming up as well. So stay with Adelaide United. Dylan, thanks for time. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thank you.